I've been debating up here which, which scripture to start. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It won't hurt us. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And Father, we come and we approach your word. We approach this moment with faith. We lay aside all of the distractions of the day and the hour. God, we just, it's just a wonderful opportunity for us to come aside from all that's going on and just be together around the Word of God. And I thank you, Father, for speaking through me tonight. I thank you for giving me utterance. Let the Word of the Lord come forth boldly and freely, accurately, uh, through my being today in an unhindered way. God, I pray that the Word that does come out uh, would be glorified among these precious people as they hear it, as they grab hold of it. I declare over my church... We are a church that is full of faithful doers, not just forgetful hearers. Where we hear a sermon, sermon, we just don't change, we don't do anything with it. No, that's not us. We, are, we grab hold, we are doers of the word, we are renewing our minds, and you're using us in these last days for your good and for your glory. And I thank you for this tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you were here on Sunday, you know that I diverted, I believe, at the Lord's leading based on the response and the help that the testimonies I've gotten already. I ministered along the lines of how I came out. Anybody got some help on that service? I know a lot of people got some help about how to come out. And uh, so if you, you know, that's up there, you could go listen to that again and again. But we've been in a series uh, on Sunday mornings about the local church. I just had in my heart uh, to... To, to just minister on that tonight, talking about the local church. Again, the Lord was emphasizing to me, getting ready, just walking around, like Jesus, Luke 2, 49, we need to be about the Father's business. The, the ultimate answer, amen, and hope is Jesus Christ. It's not a political party, it's not a club, it's not a movement. It, there's, there's a lot of help and a lot of good just out in the world, but... If you don't have Jesus, right? If you don't have Jesus, then that person is held captive to the devil. And the church, we are the church. We're just a little microcosm, but we're not insignificant. You know, the church is interstellar. It's global. We have members of the church all over the world. You know, the kingdom of God on the earth the kingdom of God, the realm of God, the dominion of God. Uh, we have members of the church in heaven, right? Uh, but we are not an insignificant part. You know, when God began to speak to me about the church that we assumed the leadership of uh, 19 years ago this month, uh, 19 years ago this month, we assumed, we're honored to assume the leadership uh, of this church pastorally in that time. So I began to pray about it. And God said, well, you know, this is to be a regional church. And that's one of the reasons why a few years later, God instructed me about uh, relocating the church. He specifically told me, he said, I want you to seek out a location that has a regional feel, not a neighborhood feel. I want anyone in the region to be able to come. Amen. So we're on a four lane here. Hey, you can drop down a helicopter and airport if you want to. Amen. And so God led us and God directed us. So our church, uh, he's enlarged it since then. But one of the first things he told me is the impact, the call on the church is to impact the region. And he defined that for me, actually. He said, you know, Chris, if you look at Paducah, it's like a, a, the hub of a, a, of a wheel. If you start in Memphis, you go to Nashville and you go to Lexington and Louisville and St. Louis and go all the way around. And Paducah kind of sits right in the middle of that. That we're, our, our dominion, our realm, we, we can influence and have a call to influence that, that whole. How would that be possible? I, I don't even know. I don't even know, but I know that's what God said. Amen. And I know that uh, this church, the congregation is regional. Uh, we're a multi-county, multi-state congregation. Uh, amen. And uh, so, praise God. Uh, the local church in this day and hour is just, it's just plays such the pivotal role. We are the force that is holding back the Antichrist from just stepping on the scene. Amen. And uh, again, the gates of hell, they're trying. 
There's darkness out there. There's evil in the world. Amen. And evil's going to have its day for about seven years. After the rapture. But see, we are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to be that army in the Spirit that leans in to the force, not draws back, not gets down, not gets discouraged. I'm preaching to myself, okay? I understand all of those things. But we're to be leaning in. Did you come dress for battle? Did you dress for battle today? You see what God's been telling us? And lean into these things and to, to hold back the forces of darkness and to be about the Lord's business in this last hour of the church age to give every human being around us a little bit more time and another chance, another day for God to reach them. Amen. And uh, so we've got to be focused. And the church has got to be strong. Church has got to be strong. And so when I say church now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just focus it on us, our local church. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, looking at verse 12, it says, For as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Amen. Skip down to verse 18. But now has God set the members. So we already just told you that you're a member. You by yourself, you're not the body. I by myself, I'm not the body. I am a member of the body. You are a member of the body. But that doesn't make you insignificant. It makes you very significant by definition. But now has God set, notice he didn't, uh, we didn't volunteer for it. (laughs) You know, on one level, I don't like the word volunteer in the church. We use it. And I understand it. From the natural standpoint, I'm volunteering. But really, that's not how God thinks about it. He set you, sweetie, in the church. (laughs) You have an assigned place in the church. And God expects you to be in that place and to fulfill that role. And, And, you know, as a volunteer, you know, you should be appreciated. You should be thanked. Amen. But if you won't serve unless someone pets you all the time and builds you up and gives you cheerleader and rah, 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 it's wrong mentality. Amen. We are soldiers in the army of God and soldiers don't get commendations for doing what they're supposed to do. (laughs) You know, if they go above and beyond the call of duty, you know, they get medals or promotions or whatever. And the same thing is true in the body of Christ. Amen. But every single one of us has a responsibility to find out where has God set us in the body of Christ. Are you confident in your own mind and heart that you know what that place is and that you're functioning in that place? Amen. And so praise God. Notice it says God has set the members, every one of them, so there are no exceptions. I'm not, you're not. Amen. In the body as it has pleased him. Now over in the 14th chapter, I want to read a scripture here to you in 1 Corinthians 14. And then in verse number 12. Glory. Verse number 12 says, Even so you, for as much as you are zealous of spiritual gifts, of things pertaining to the Spirit... And I hope you are. Notice the instruction. Seek that you may excel to the what? The edifying, which means the building up of the church. I just want to remind you of that. There should be a, a mindfulness. Right? A mindfulness that you have, that you work to maintain. That you on your own, because you have this revelation that you are a member of the body of Christ and that you're important. If you don't feel like you're important, if you don't feel like the other members of the body of Christ around you think you're important, even if you think that I don't think you're important. That's not true, by the way. Amen. You need to take what the Word of God says at face value. You have a set place in the body of Christ 
You have a unique place of function. Amen. And with that, we should be seeking to excel. Not be mediocre, but to excel at the building up of the local church, of the body of Christ. Amen. And in this day and hour, there are people right here around you in this room. Amen. And under the sound of my voice, they need building up. They need building up because life has happened and the enemy has attacked. And we're all there at some point or another where we feel diminished. We feel weak. We feel wore out. We feel discouraged. Amen. The preciousness of the local church should be when I get into my my community of believers, my household of faith that, um, you know, mingling with being in my place of function that I'm going to get built up in their fellowship, in, their, in that atmosphere. Amen. Amen. And so maybe you're not an assigned greeter that night, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be walking around the lobby or mingling around in the hallway seeking to excel at building your brother and sister up in the Lord. Amen. We don't want to assume that terrible things are going on in people's lives. We want to assume the best. But, you know, let me just give you a sign to me. Amber and I, we don't, we're faith people. We're faith people. And what's that mean? That means I don't go around magnifying my challenges. I don't go around telling everybody my problems. That does not mean that I don't go to people that I have confidence in and say, hey, mom, would you pray with me about this? Would you agree with me about this? Right? Or if Brother Scott... Uh, in the back room, ask me an answer, ask me a question about how I'm doing. And if I'm not right, then I don't, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm walking by faith, but you know, whatever. But you know, we need to just assume that people could really benefit from an encouraging word that you bring, your smile, your supply, your faith, your love, your help. And you don't have to be on a schedule to do that every time you come you could bring this supply we need to come to church less selfishly people come to church I understand it but people come to church for selfish reasons I need to get I need this and that's fine we you know there's a there's a part of that but you know for me I don't come to church with that mindset for me coming to church here is about giving of myself And in your place, you can have and should have that mentality. And then you should be, and that's what I want to talk about for a minute, you should be in the ministry of helps. Now, every time I say that, I I get people who either get condemned or beat up or they, oh, maybe I need to leave, you know, or whatever, because their season in life or their work schedule or whatever. But listen, there is something you can do. There is something you can do. To help. And in that, you know, I don't want to be an okay pastor. I'm not content. I've been doing it a long time. Uh, praise, that's just bothered me. That's out of alignment there. <laughs> I keep coming back to it. I don't want to be a mediocre pastor. I don't want to just get by. I just don't want to, okay, get to the end of the week. I get, to, I get another paycheck and just keep going down the road. No, I want to, I want to excel in my place of ministry. I know that I can grow. I know I could be a better pastor. I could be a better minister. I could be a better teacher. I could be uh, more spiritual. I could, I could cultivate greater anointings to be a better help and more, to bear more fruit. Amen? Amen. And maybe you think a little bit like this, but maybe you don't. Or maybe you've let some things slip. Amen. Let me, let me read something uh, to you from my notes. And uh, talking about the helps ministry, the helps ministry acts in a local church. Well, let me just read this to you so I don't, I don't confuse it. In the local church, the strength or the weakness in the ministry of helps will determine it will either be a propeller to the church in ministry and the plan of God or an anchor. So I'm talking about the helps ministry in a local church. Amen? 
the strength or the weakness, if the helps ministry in the church is vibrant and strong, then it act, the helps ministry acts like a propeller to the plan of God. We can go somewhere. Yes. We can go where God's wanting us to go. But if the helps ministry is weak and broken and infirm and not what it ought to be, then it acts like a boat anchor. Keeping the church, like a drag on the church. We want to go somewhere, but we can't because of a lack of supply in the helps ministry. Pastor Chris, you keep talking about a helps ministry. What is that? I know there's pastors and evangelists and teachers and things like that. Well, you're in 1 Corinthians still, aren't you? Look in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 again. Is this okay? All right. And uh, praise God. See, I hadn't thought about the election for like seven or eight minutes. That's a good thing. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. All right. Look at verse um, 26. Now look, look at verse 25. That there be no schism or division in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. So that the, the care that you have, you know, that maybe Miss Arlene has, a, she's a good example like many of you are. The care she has for the church and the church family. We're all supposed to have that same care. There's not supposed to be anyone in our fellowship who doesn't care. You should care. You should care about uh, is our church moving forward in the plan of God? And am I doing my part? Am I a propeller to the church or an anchor to the church? Am I a drag on the church? Amen. Or am I a, a positive, you know, force and supply that, that is helping the church move forward? Not to be condemned or anything like that, but you just have to ask yourself, judge yourself. Now notice verse 26, and whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. So when one member of the body is not in their place, not, not functioning properly, Right? Or they're broken or damaged or whatever. The, it doesn't say one or two members suffer. It says the whole body suffers because of that. Yes. Amen. And uh, praise God. Or if one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. Look at verse 28. And God has set. Here it is again. Notice that word set. God has set some in the church. First apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles, then give some healings. That's a reference to the evangelistic office. Then notice what's the next ministry. Helps. Everyone say helps. Helps. Then it says governments. The Greek word there is a Greek word that means directorship, not dictatorship, directorship. Well, who would have the governance of a local church? Who would have, who is the director? The pastor is. So there's the pastoral office. It's not described in the term pastor or shepherd, but it's a, the word Paul used here is a descriptive word that describes the role of that ministry office. Again, not a dictator, but, a, but like a shepherd who's going to direct, bring direction and oversight. Amen. Then you have, uh, di- what else? Diversities of tongues that goes on. So here we have uh, five ministry offices listed, what we call the fivefold. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor and teacher. But then we have the sixth office called helps. And notice the company of of the helps ministry. Right in the same list with apostles. Right in the same list with prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. There is helps. What am I saying to you? The ministry of helps, the place of helps is a ministry office that can be and should be entered into and functioned in. 
Now, like with my office, the office of the pastor, I remember knowing that I was called to pastor, at least for a season, is how I I knew that. But until October or so of 2001, that our senior pastor invited us to come up on the platform, ordained us and commissioned us to go to Paducah, I walked, Amber and I walked up the stage without the grace to do it, without the anointing to do it. I had the call, but I didn't have the office yet. I didn't have the anointing yet. But when he laid hands on us, and I, I remember vividly walking back down off the platform and, and I, had, I left with the grace, the supernatural ability that came from God to pastor a church. Now, if you went back and listened to my first message in those early messages. I, I, I know they were scriptural. I did my best. I've always been scriptural. But I hope that over 19 years that I've grown in that office, right? That I've become more skillful in that office, that the, uh, uh, the anointing on that office, so, right? The same thing is true with helps. The same thing is true. There is an anointing that you can have on you that I don't have on me as a pastor. And there's a grace that comes from Jesus to bring help, to bring a supply that is so vital and so necessary. And yes, it includes natural things, right? The natural work of putting on church and doing the work of church. But it is not just natural. It is not just natural. Listen, our, our church is, is not huge yet, but it is growing. And I have, I need, I can't get to all the elderly and all the shut-ins that we have every week. I can't. So there's, I need help. I need help. And, and so that's something that people could do. Right? Amen. There's all kinds, right? I, I can't do all the necessary praying to move the plan of God forward for the church. And I'm not supposed to. But see, when you have an opportunity to come to prayer and you don't, why don't you? Stop and just ask yourself, why don't I? You know, let's just say I'm retired. Uh, You know, I I, I have a freedom of schedule for the most part, but I don't come to Thursday morning prayer. I'm just asking you, why don't you? Because if you did you would be bringing a very needed and spiritual supply that you're currently not bringing. Again, it's no condemnation. Amen. But uh, there's all kinds of ways uh, that, that God would call and anoint. And, and Dr. Dufresne just said, he said, if you don't know what you're specifically anointed to do in the ministry of helps, just start with your natural ability. Just start with your natural ability. What are you good at naturally? What are you good at naturally? Or another way he, he taught us is where is the church in need? Where is the church in need? Right? Because if, if that question was was sincerely asked, and that was sought out, and you stepped into a place, well, there was a void there, and now there's not. There was a need for a supply, but there wasn't a supply, and now there is a supply. And if we think right, think scripturally about this, our excuses have to go away. Now, again, there's reasons, legitimate reasons, and then there's excuses. Right? And uh, so... You know, if you realize that I'm called, I'm vital, I'm important, I'm an individual member in the body of Christ, amen, I have a set place, I read two scriptures, I have a set place in the body, and yet you don't do nothing? That's not good. Right? And so, uh, whether it's, Busyness, or I got hurt in the last church, or whatever the thing is, you're going to have to, are you going to just let this flop? Are you just going to let it go? Or are you going to engage and hook arms and become a link? And amen, because again, church, we have got 
a work to accomplish. Listen, our world is so hurting. They're so they're in such darkness, such blindness, such deception. There, there's going to such a need for intercession, such a need for prayer, such a need for encouragement and phone calls and and people who could say, well, you know what? Uh, I'm going to take on a lady and just just a young lady. and I'm going to mentor her and encourage her, make sure she comes to church, bring her to connect class, make sure she's moving ahead in her Christian life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I didn't know I could do that. Well, now you do. Amen. Now you do. Amen. Amen. Go over to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. You want to know why the burnout rate among pastors is so high? One reason is, is that that dogged, wrong mentality of congregation members and elder boards and deacon boards, that that's what we pay him to do. You know, and so let me, let me give you a little, little insight into the week of some pastors. Okay, so Saturday, Saturday's come along and, and uh, you know, but uh, Sister Doodad, you know, called and, and he's the only guy that's got a key to the church. So Sister Doodad needed to come in. And so now he's got to get up and he was going to have a restful morning and actually kiss his wife on the cheek and have breakfast. But now he's got to run up to the church. When he's up at the church, he realizes that the church hadn't been cleaned yet. And so he's going to spend, you know, three hours, you know, uh, vacuuming, dusting, taking out the trash. And then he walks outside, go to his car. He wants to go pray. He wants to go get in the Word because he wants to be anointed for his people on Sunday morning. But he realizes that they're going to have visitors and guests and the Bermuda is growing out of the flower beds and the waters need to be flowered and the yard's getting high. So he's got to go to the back shed and, and get the mower. So that he gets the mower. And about the time he gets all that done, he goes, oh my God, praise God, I'm going to go home and I'm going to get in the Word, take a shower, get in the Word, pray a little bit and be anointed for a priest. But, oh, uh, you know, I get a call from... And, and she's got questions about the four-headed frog in Revelation. So, you know, you have to, you know, explain all that to her. And, and then you have someone come into the hospital. So you've got to go over there. And, and then, and then you've got to open the church up. And then he's got to find out what hymns we're supposed to sing. And then when he gets up Sunday morning, the people are expecting him to be used of God. He's wore out. He's wore out. Amen. Now, thank God, that's not the mentality around here. But you just see, if, if that mentality sets in in a congregation, they are shooting themselves in the foot. You know, there's a count in the life of Jesus where He ministers all day, ministers to the multitude, multiplies loads of vision, get people delivered, people are getting healed, and then He tells His disciples, let's get in the boat and go to the other side. And... Uh, he gets in the boat, but you know what some congregations would do? They would all get in the boat, sit down, and expect Jesus to, to row the boat. And say things like, well, who does he think he is, all preacher? I mean, that, that oar works in his hands just, like, just as good as it works in mine. And so, right? I mean, what if that was Jesus? Okay, he's ministered all day, and now, but we got to get it. It's going to take me all night, and the disciples, who knows what they're doing, and, and we're going to row the boat, we're going to get across. And now he's got a multitude on the other side waiting on him. And they need healing. They're bound. They need the anointing. You know what Jesus did? He got in the boat with those disciples. He went to the stern of that ship, and he went to sleep on a pillow. That's what he did. He went to sleep on the pillow. What did the, the disciples do? They used to row in the boat, baby. Praise God. You know, what are they doing? They are bringing a supply. The plan of God's moving forward. We are going from the, the last assignment to the next assignment. But Jesus is resting. And we know that a storm rose up, didn't it? The storm rose up. Amen. And, but aren't those disciples glad that they didn't have a wore out, unanointed, uninspired... Man of God in that moment. But because Jesus was rested, He was rested, He could stand up and speak to those storms and those attacks. And there was a great calm and there was deliverance. And all of the twelve were saved. They were delivered because they brought a supply. They had a rested man of God who could just stand up and step into the anointing and speak to a storm. Amen? Amen. And this is the way we, we, we think pretty well around here about that, right? 
Amen. He said, you, you want me rested, right? You, you, right? you want me to be able to stand up in the boat on Sunday morning, Wednesday night, and have an anointing? Because that's, it doesn't make me unique or special or more important. It's just that's my function. That's my God-assigned role. But I can only be an effective in it if I have help. Now, see, we're doing good and we've been, we've been doing good operating on 150, 185, 190, you know, wherever we are. I don't look at the numbers. Amen. But I just know, I just know it's long past time. Amen. And there's growth coming. There's increase coming. Amen. Praise God. And we need to have a helps ministry that can accommodate 400 people, 500 people, 700 people. And we must show the Lord that now on this level, we are, we have a strong helps ministry. Now, I want to brag on you. Guest ministers come, like Pastor Nancy, some of the, some great leaders in the body of Christ. And, and we shine, amen, and we have a great helps ministry. But I'm just telling you here to tell you, there's, we need to keep going and we need to be faithful. And you need to understand your importance. And your place. Amen. Ephesians uh, chapter 4 verse 4. There is one body and one spirit. Even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us. Uh oh. Okay. Is there any. That means everyone in the room. This applies to. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. This grace is not unmerited favor. This grace is anointing, divine ability. Every single one of us has been personally given an ability from Jesus that fits your measure of supply that you're to bring to the body of Christ. What an honor. See, we don't do this, we don't, we don't bring our supply in the, just in the flesh. No, we, we, I, I come to church trusting in the grace, trusting in the anointing. I know my wife does. Many of you probably do. That, that I have, I'm going to function in a grace. But listen, I want you to think that way in the sound booth. Bless God, this is my... Think about, you know, we've all had been in services where there was twang and wang and whine and feedback and the batteries weren't checked. Right? I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Aren't you glad? Amen. But see, there's a supply being brought. And aren't you glad that there's, there's somebody that's got the grace and the ability and the willingness to have learned and they're back in that room and they're making sure that what we're teaching is being broadcast to the world if they want it. I don't know how to do that. But somebody does. I keep applying to the praise team and I keep getting turned down. You'd think I could curry some favor. With the praise and worship leader. But you know what she tells me? She says, someone else is anointed for that. You're not anointed for that. <laughs> Amen. Every one of us is graced by Jesus to do something. And when you read verse 8, look at what it says. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high Jesus, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts unto men. When people read that these days, they think fivefold ministers. That's not, that's true. It's inclusive of that. But he's talking about verse 7. He gave gifts to all his people. Amen. Amen. I just tell you, if you were to just let yourself get interested, there's a whole lot you could learn about helps ministry. 
You know, if the fingers are the, are the five-fold offices, the helps ministry is the hand that holds up the fingers. It's absolutely right. Amen. You think about people, they think, well, I, if I can't be behind a pulpit, if I can't have a microphone, if I can't, then I'm not important. I'm not, not. listen, <laughs> that's just not good thinking. But maybe this will help you. There is a member of the Godhead. What's his name? His name is the Helper. So if the Holy Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, proudly takes on the name Helper, and he's not unhappy or diminished because he's not Jesus, or he's not the Father. He is content to be the helper. Then why can't we be content? Why can't we be content as the helper? As being a helper? Amen? Praise God. So in verse 11, we're going to land this airplane here. In verse 11 it says, And he, Jesus, gave some apostles and some prophets and some pastors and some, excuse me, evangelists, some pastors and teachers. So there's your fivefold. Now why did he give them? He gave them for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Now... You know that the commas and semicolons and all that, that's not reflection of the divine, of the inspiration of the scriptures. That's a very unfortunate comma. For the perfecting of the saints, comma, for the work of the ministry. Because it makes it sound like God gave the apostle, the prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher for the work of the ministry. No. I'm proving it to you. Read to, from the amplifier, yeah, from this passage from the amplified. Bear with me. Let me get there. <clears throat> Can you guess who's supposed to be doing the work of the minister? The people, the people, the body of Christ, the Christian, the believer. Amen. The saints of God. That's right. Yeah, I know the work of the ministry, the work of vacuuming carpet and straightening chairs and taking out. Well, listen. There's a right. I'm not above that. Right? It was needed. I came up on a Wednesday afternoon when I'm usually praying and studying to help unload playground equipment. I, I'm not above any of that. I don't mind any of that. I like it. Amen. But that's not, it's not limiting that and don't diminish the role. So anyway, so in verse 12 from the Amplified, it says, Ephesians 4.12, His intention, Jesus' intention in giving these five Ministry gifts, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. His intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints, his consecrated people, that they should do the work of the ministry. So the pastor's office and the prophet's office and all of the fivefold offices are for the full equipping of the saints so that they can do the work of the ministry. This is not talking about telling you how to turn on a vacuum cleaner. This is not talking to you about a God raises up apostles so you'll know how to trim the hedges. There is a work of ministry that the body, the body of Christ is to be doing. This is why we're losing. This is why we've lost generations. This is why we're behind in America. This is why we've got to get busy and get turned around. You've got to stop coming to church just to be a spectator. Amen. Come and bring a supply, help facilitate the ministry that happens here, but sit in that chair enough to get equipped, to get fully equipped and grown up, get imparted to, get your mind renewed. Amen. Get equipped so that when you leave here, you can go do the work of the ministry. Not just forget about God and forget about church uh, and, and forget about that until the next service. Right. No, that when you leave here, you are going to do the work of evangelism, discipleship, 
healing, deliverance, prayer. Amen. You're going to leave here and take up a place of prayer and intercession. You're going to leave here and hold up your shield of faith against the forces of darkness that are trying to overtake our country. Amen. You are going to be a skillful evangelist where you have opportunity to share the gospel. When you have opportunity and the Spirit leads you because you've come to church and you had a pastor and Dr. Jacobs and other ministers that have come, you're equipped, you have an anointing on you to bring deliverance to the captives, amen, to prophesy, to get out there and bear fruit and make a difference and build the kingdom. Come on, I'm doing better preaching than you are amening. My job is not for you to sit there and go, yeah, rah, rah, wonderful, thank you, good message. Forget it, i got to go to work. That's all I do. That's all my life. No, I know we have these other roles that we are to play, but you are to come here to be equipped to do the work of Jesus, to do the work of the ministry. Amen. Amen. Listen, go to the prisons if you want. Go to the nursing homes. Right? Go to Walmart. Man, there's demons at Walmart. Go, go cast out some demons. But it, maybe there's, there's somebody in your apartment building. There's someone on your street. There's someone around you. And there's ministry that's supposed to be taking place to them. And baby, you're it. You're it. And if you don't do it, people are going to, they're going to get sick and die. They're going to have demons. They're not going to have a renewed mind. There's going to be disciples that are not raised up just simply because I can't get to them all. I just can't give everyone the attention that everyone would need to be fully equipped just individually. So you're going to have to befriend people. You're going to have to have Bible studies. You're going to, right? And I'm just telling you, I'm all for it. You have to be accountable to me if you're going to do it under my name. Right? You know, we don't, we, we have, there's order around here. There's accountability around here. There's no parking lot profit around here. But don't, I don't want you to feel like I'm, I'm, I'm putting a restrictor on you. Are you with me, church? There is a work to be done. There is a harvest to reap. And, and... <laughs> I'm not going to be able to, I'm not even trying. I, in my individual life, I have neighbors, I have people, I have a part. But my, my thrust in life is to be prepared to be used of God to put stuff on your spiritual tool belt, to get that stuff knocked off of you, to get you grown up, to get you mature, to get you thinking right, to get the, your faith moving, that the blessings of God, that you got you know, more than your, you know, just a nostril, you're not just surviving. Right? We've got to get you past all that. Because some people bless their hearts, they spend decades, and whether it's their marriage or their finances or their health, they're just surviving. They're just trying to make it to Friday. you got to get past all that. you got to get blessed. you got to get rich. you got to get healed. you got to get powerful. And you got to get there fast. <laughs> so you come to church with an expectation. God, man, even if he missed it big time this week, right? Use him. To help get me equipped and lined out like I need to be so that when I leave, I am fueled, equipped, knowledgeable, anointed, and ready. Because I am the body of Christ. I am a member. I'm an anointed member of the body of Christ. And I'm, I'm I'm doing more than just going to class. I'm going to class, but I'm looking for somebody. Amen. That God might. I'm looking for something. Right? I'm not just a happy married couple. I'm, I'm a happy married couple looking for a sad married couple that I can. Yeah. I'm a healing some, going somewhere to happen. Waiting on something to happen, however you say that. Right? I'm a miracle waiting to happen. But we're so inwardly turned. We're so inwardly focused. Amen. We got to stop it. And it's not just, there's that aspect, but then there's, there's here. Jesus wants this place built up. Right? Amen. So let's, let's close with this thought in Ephesians still. Reading from my Amplified. Y'all getting any help? Amen. Amen. 
So in verse 13, well, let's just keep reading. His intention was the perfecting, the full equipping of the saints, his consecrated people, that they should do the work of ministering toward building up Christ's body. See, guys, I've just decided I'm going to do everything that I can do and a little bit more than that. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to break my body down. I'm not going to be like some of the forefathers of the past that died early and robbed my children and grandchildren of a dad and a grandpa because I'm trying to do all of the church's work. And so if the plan of God gets limited, I, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm always introspective, going to judge myself first. But I'd just rather the plan of God get limited than me die young trying to wear myself out. So if the plan of God's going to be fully consummated and fully accomplished in us as a church, we're all going to have to take responsibility Amen. in a joyful way Amen. to do our part. That means prayer. That means presence. That means encouragement. That means finances. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. So verse 13 says that it might, well... That they should do the work of ministering toward what? Building up Christ's body, the church. So the mission of the church is not just to win the world. But there is a focus, a ministry, amen, that is inwardly focused too. The upbuilding of the church. The experience of a church, the body of Christ, there's an upward mission. Our glory, giving glory to God, experiencing God, worshiping God, enjoying His presence. Right? Then there is a lateral aspect where we're ministering to each other. We, can you tell we need that these days? We need that. And then there is that outward mission of the church that's to the world. And you have a part in all three. You have a part in all three. Some people in meetings, just not just here, but just in meetings in churches, God had ordained a miracle to take place in somebody's body, and it did not happen because there wasn't enough mutual faith and expectancy and yieldedness in the Spirit among congregation members. It had nothing to do with a lack of anointing or boldness or skillfulness on the minister's part. And I have scripture for that. Remember, Jesus had to take a man outside of a city one time to get him healed. Isn't that weird? For the Son of God, the Messiah, the healer, he couldn't heal him over there. He had to take him out of that community of unbelief to get that person healed. Think about that. In Mark chapter 6, in his own hometown in Nazareth, it says he couldn't, he couldn't do any mighty work there except he, saved a, you know, he healed a few people with runny noses. Did he have an off day? No, he didn't have an off day. They, they did the wrong thing. You need to read my book again, maybe. On the prophet's prophet honor connection. Right? Verse 13, that it might develop the church, that the church might develop. See, it's not going to, there's an unfolding to the plan of God in the church. Until we all attain oneness in the faith and in the comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God, that we might arrive at really mature manhood, that we grow up the completeness of personality, which is nothing less than the standard of Christ's own perfection. That's the goal. Verse 14, So then we may no longer be children tossed like ships to and fro between gusts of teaching and wavering, right? Getting blown around by every little thing that blows through the body of Christ. Oh, pastor, did you hear this? You know, did you, you put the little you know, water from the river Jordan in your shoe and get out of debt? Now, that's all a bunch of bunk. And believers get caught up with it because they're not yet grown up in the Word. Preaching good. Verse 15. Rather, let our lives lovingly express truth in all things. Speaking truly. Dealing truly. I hope that's going on in the election out there. There'll be consequences spiritually if there's not. God's going to get them. Enfolded in love, let us grow up. In every way, in all things into Him who is the head. For because of Him, verse 16, the whole body, the church, in all its various parts. See, it's just beautiful to me. Language. Closely joined and firmly knit together by the joints and ligaments with which it is supplied. When, notice this, I'm closing with this. When each part 
with power adapted to its need, is working properly in all its functions, the church grows to full maturity. So do you see what's necessary? Having a gifted praise team, and we do, but that's, that's not the whole thing. Yeah, having a pastor who knows a little bit of something, that's thank God for that. I hope I'm that. Amen. But that's not the whole thing. It says all the church in all of its varied parts. Right? I just don't want some babysitter back there that's just doing it to appease pastor. No, I want someone, there's an anointing. There's an anointing and a grace to minister to children and to pray over them and teach them and love them and impart to them. And and that person functioning under that is not the one going, oh yeah, that's right. Wednesday night, I'm on the schedule. I was planning on blowing church off tonight, but I guess I can't, you know. Come on, guys. That's not the mentality we want to have. Amen. But each part adapted to the need of that ministry, working properly in all of its functions, then the church can grow to full maturity, building itself up in love. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So we just need to be stirred. Amen. The church, God, thank God for the church in the earth. Thank God for the church in the earth. Amen. And thank God for our church. Thank God for our part. It's not everything. It's a, maybe, you know, in the scope of all that God's doing. <laughs> but it's our part. It's our part. And there, there's eternal reward on the line. And there are destinies on the line. Amen. I do not want to get to heaven and be assigned in the millennium to be my wife's secretary in the millennium. Bringing her coffee. I bring her coffee all the time anyway. <laughs> Maybe she can bring me some coffee. And she does. You know what? I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just saying the way we live down here in this moment is going to determine our experience in the millennium and beyond in terms of reward. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're saved. But are you going to have any reward? Are you going to have any fruit to bring to Jesus? What's he going to be looking for? I put a grace on your life, sweetie. I, I anointed you for something, dear. Did you talk to me? Did you bring that supply to the church, to your family, to the world? Amen. Amen. So, Father.